Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. All right, what is up, family? Today, I am here with a writer, DJ, producer, who has some great insight into hip-hop, who's written for Complex, Passion of the Weiss, Fact Mag. His name is Sun Ra. And I'm pleased to have him on the show to discuss a very controversial topic, and that is Nas's music, who seems to just anger a lot of people. People are very passionate about this man's work. And we're here to talk about Nas's recent record with Hit-Boy, Magic. This one was a surprise to many of us, dropped, I think, the last week or last couple of weeks of December after dropping KD2 in summer. So it was, yeah, it was summer, right? 2021? Yeah. yeah. So it was it was already on the heels of a recently, like, full-on, full-ass 50-minute project. And with Nas, I find it's always interesting because I feel like as fans, we are in a constant state of, like, trying to diagnose his career like everybody seems to have an opinion about what's best for him. What's the best situation collaborators that like will get the best results from inarguably one of rap's brightest talents. And with hip boy, it's been a particularly interesting kind of connection because he's really seems to like this guy. He's made so much work with him and their collaborative journey's been like that, what I call like a Petri dish for the debate, in my opinion of what's better for his music. Is it, just make Nas comfortable. Like that's the goal that'll yield the best results or it's should the beats just be more special and more engaging that'll yield the best Nas music. So what is, what is your perspective on that kind of two-sided coin there? Uh, well, first up, thanks for having me on here. Um, I mean, the thing with Nas and it, let me, let me gather my thoughts here. I usually don't do this, but this idea has been like kind of floating in my head ever since you asked me to talk about this topic. Nas really actually reminds me of an older artist that isn't in hip hop. And the reason that I don't usually do this is I think hip hop stands on itself. You don't need like to be the hip hop Beatles or the hip hop mm -hmm. Rolling Stones or anything because that diminishes rap. It doesn't need that. Yeah. But in Nas's case, he actually does remind me of Bob Dylan for a couple of reasons. I mean, the most obvious one is they're both on Columbia Records for a large part of their career, no longer mm -hmm. at this point. And they were both these golden children that came out of New York. I mean, Nas is from Queensbridge, obviously, and Dylan moved there and got his success. And people just had this idea of what they represented. It's like, oh, Nas is talking about this New York street shit and these really poetic terms. And he's giving us this real life autobiography that's also applicable to a whole generation. And with Bob Dylan, it was the same thing. He's like, oh, there's this folky guy on a guitar and he's singing these peace songs or whatever. I don't know him as much, but the, the perception of him was that. And then they both go ahead 
and like totally reject that in a way where people are heartbroken from it. Dylan grabs an electric guitar, starts doing rock music. Nas mm-hmm. starts doing like at the time, what would have been Jiggy, uh, he teams uh, up with the track masters. Yeah. Uh, and he just generally goes for a more commercially viable sound. And I think that for like a lot of people, they never got over that betrayal, especially for Nas. And I think that's a mistake because if now that we have like years of his music under his belt, for me anyways, it turns out that Nas is really, really great at two specific things. And we didn't really get that at the time. He's good at that autobiography, that grittiness that's, that goes deeper. It's got poetic resonance. It means something to people. But he's also really good at crime fiction. Mm-hmm. It was written, and I mean, we're going to get to magic eventually, but it was written was really not true. He was never this giant cocaine running Scarface figure. And I mean, rappers and critics have like torn into him over this, but it was a really good record. It's so good. Minus, you know, possibly Black Girl Lost that really aged terribly. I mean, you can put that on from beginning to end. I also don't like the intro, which to me is long. It's just just started off with- It is uh, so strange. I like it, but it's so weird. I don't understand it. I'm just there and it's like, okay, you're on the plantation, but then you're talking to AZ and it's just- The accent, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I was just there and it's like, I see what you're doing, but you should have really just started with that sting sample because it's like, it's it's foreboding and all that and it would have worked. But, you know, minus a few nitpicks, you know, it's a great record. But because of because people couldn't accept it, you have Nas kind of like getting defensive. And, you know, after that, like people still didn't like what he put out. You have I Am, which to me is a really underrated record. It's mostly mm-hmm. great. I mean, the production was the late 90s, which I can see why people don't like. And I mean, Nostradamus was rushed. But if you take the ones that ended up on the Lost Tapes album, you've got like pretty much a good double album between mm-hmm. I Am and the best of those two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then Nas does Stillmatic to get over uh, the whole Jay-Z beef. And you said, you mentioned that I'd list, I'd heard Nas earlier in my life. I think my most like intense Nas memory was last year of high school, just running up to my homie and be like, you have to hear Ether. Yeah. And my homie, like he liked hip hop, but it was just like, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking with the, with some friends. I'm trying to try to go. He's like, what are you on about with this obsessive? rap shit but it was this thing where if you're like really deep into the nerdy side of rap that was just this incredible moment and from then on everything after that Nas is he's kind of gone back and forth with like okay I want to please the people but I want to do my own thing but I want to be commercially viable and he seems to have he doesn't always seem to know what he wants but he knows that he doesn't just want to give people what they want he's not doing the music just to please people that like Illmatic because he would have done another one by now. Yeah. And just moving, I guess, moving up to, to these projects with Hit Boy, I mean, rap nerds really were pulling their hair out over why would you work with Hit Boy? Why this yeah. guy? Why are you doing this? And it's weird that, you know, by the time they get to their third project, they've dropped something where a lot of people are like, oh, this one actually works. And I, th- I think that's interesting that, the first two, I mean, the first one, it won a Grammy, but I don't think that many, you know, people that are deep into rap were, were loving it. 
Yeah. The second one was better, but everyone's like, oh, that's a terrible Eminem verse. And there's definitely moments that need to be cut out. Mm-hmm. And this one, they pare it down to 30 minutes. And they literally say on the tape that they're just feeding the streets. Like you can tell that this isn't something that they've made this whole plan to do, but just by kind of getting back into shape and rapping, you know, for a, a couple of albums worth with this guy, and then just going in and, and shooting, it's it's a lot more natural. It doesn't seem like there was this pressure to make this big statement yeah. or to say anything. And that's really what ended up working for uh, Magic, in my opinion. Yeah, I like how you said the pressure part, because I think generally when you talk about Nas getting defensive, that's been a common commonality. But I think there's this feeling that I've had in my knowledge and my understanding of Nas's career is that I don't think he does well under pressure. Like flatly, he does not seem to like that. He seems to do things that seem out of character, whether it's like musical decisions. And it's like, yeah, he is. I don't think he does commercial rap bad. I think it's it's nothing. You shouldn't be shamed for doing it. There's great commercial rap. But sometimes when he does it, it it's so sloppy and so try hard. And it that's a reason why some of the rap nerds don't like it. I know there's others. Um, but one thing I liked about um or at least one thing that it kind of taught me this album was that it's pretty clear now that if we have to decide and choose if it was a binary choice like what do you want to do get Nas to feel as comfortable as possible or get Nas like the best beats possible like maybe as a standalone it's the former it's just make Nas comfortable because that's what's best and, and when I think about this it's like the flat comparison is always nausea because I don't think every beat was amazing on that album, but I think a lot of it was pretty damn good. And I'm a Kanye producer, like I love his beats, so I'm partial, but I really liked somehow left field some of those beats were that uh, white white cloth or white linen beat. Shit is insanity. And it almost sounds like Nas is like killing it. He's going over when it gets really chaotic. And then he just stops. And then he just like raps so monotonously and I'm like, wow, you wasted this beat. And that's kind of how I felt the whole fucking time. It's like he didn't feel comfortable at all. The beats felt like they were too busy or weird for him. They lacked like a distinct pocket. He doesn't like that. And he gave us like his most elementary, barely trying performance, which was, a, I think, really sad. It felt more like a Kanye album. Well, that was that was also Kanye's thing. He, he flew him out to, I guess it was Wyoming at the time. And it was like, make an album in seven days. And I can see what you mean. That's the opposite of making Nas comfortable. And it's him pressure, out. literally yeah. a time pressure. Nas is clearly Nas album done. How many times did he say that? Like, it, he likes to take his time. Yeah. And I mean, one of the similarities between what he did with Hit Boy and the earlier stuff in his career is he he's always good when he does have someone you can trust. You mentioned that Salam Remy was yeah. that guy for a long time in his career. And I'm not one of those people that absolutely loves the Salam Remy stuff that he did. Uh, like that song, I know I can with the Beethoven. I think that was him and I didn't like it. And mm. they end up kind to me, they just ended up kind of remaking the same tune over and over on a bunch of them, but it was clear that he, wanted someone in his corner that understood where he was coming from in terms of growing up on in the 80s out of you know marley marl and the juice crew and that raw aesthetic but also someone who could take that and translate it into a way where i'm an industry rapper yeah i want to be in these award shows i want to be mentioned 
you know, as someone important beyond the streets. I mean, Nas didn't really care what Funkmaster Flex had to say about him because he's already done that. He's like, I already know that I'm dope. I have Illmatic. You're not allowed to say anything to me mm -hmm. about all this stuff. I'm concerned with, you know, getting that MTV spotlight or ending up on a critic. I don't even think he does care about the critics now that I think of it because critics hate him the most. It's just he wants to be industry recognized. So yeah, I think he wants he got to that, be the top of like, he grew up in that the top of the the rap king. Like that was a thing. Like that's I feel like it's a lot less important now. Um, I think I think once he got his Grammy with Hit Boy, like I don't think any of us cared. We were all like, oh, Freddie Gibbs should have gotten it, blah, blah, mm. blah. It probably meant a lot to him because yeah. that's probably something that he didn't have in his life yet and that he didn't he wasn't recognized for his music yet. And I'm beginning to think that maybe that was, you know, that's what led to magic. It's like, all right, I've got this now. Now I can maybe feed the streets a little more. Yeah. And I, I think that Marley Marl mention is really interesting because that when I think about what Hip Boy does do generally and what he does for sure, it's like the most pronounced here is that he's good at just giving that those like very funky or like not funky, but like just like whatever Marley Marl did. I'm trying to explain like that kind of appeal. It's just like it's not super busy, but it just has a clean groove. Like it always just like you can rap over it super cleanly, easily. There's a simple and really catchy rhythmic flow. And that's what Nas usually is a sweet spot. Uh, Solemn, Solemn Remy did that. I like that uh, mention too, because he did provide that just like clean space for him to be Nas. He didn't care about having the most like eclectic beats. Uh, Illmatic in hindsight is kind of a misnomer. Although those beats fit him, it's just, I don't know. It's still to amaze me like why he went that direction. Some of those beats were a lot more like, a lot more layered than he usually goes for, but maybe he was not as clear about what he wanted at the time. I think when you look back at Illmatic, he also had different people around him. I mean, you had MC Search, who is definitely like this guy who's not going to give you, who's not going to push you in a commercial direction. He's mm -hmm. going to go like authenticity, authenticity, authenticity. He's got Large Professor around him, that same thing. You get Q-tip, you get Primo. He was surrounded by people that were saying like, oh, we're going to like do exactly what it is. And and he gets, you know, that level of success, but it doesn't go gold for a long time. It doesn't go platinum say, for a long time. Important to note. And I'm sure that after that experience, he told himself, I'm taking control of my career. And if people don't like it, that's their problem. But it's really easy to fall into this pattern where, you just start to do the opposite of what people want. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were, and it's also, it's like, there's not that much reward for Nas experimenting because some of Nas's experiments were the tracks that he got the most flack for. Like on Hip Hop Is Dead, that Who Killed It track where he mm. did that really weird accent. I mean, that was experimental. Yeah. I don't think anybody liked that. Everyone was just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? And so for him to get these relatively safe beats and to be to give hit boy credit they're good beats on this one they're not mm -hmm. all great by the time i get to the end of the 30 minutes i'm like okay you've run through this one idea about as many times as you're gonna get but you know he made it work and i say this as someone who produces i'm you know a self-avowed shitty producer 
I don't want my beats to sound clean. I'm listening to like just Mad Lib chopping loops. Yeah. And, you know, the weirder end of what, you know, uh, Conductor Williams and Westside Gun are doing. And I love that stuff. And there's a lot of people who would love Nas to rap over that. But that's not what Nas wants to do. Nas, yeah. you know, wants rap beats. And he's like, okay, hit boy, give me something that bumps, that has drums, something that will not get me roasted on black Twitter because, you know, I'm, I'm going out of pocket and I'm doing like trap shit or I'm doing like, yeah, you know, over the top drill shit. But make sure that, you know, when I play it to my friends who are also like 40, 50 years old, you know, they get it right away and they're like, this bumps. He doesn't want to play his music for his homies. And they're like, what's this weirdo shit? Like, he's yeah. not that guy. He's not MF Doom. He's not what even West Side Gun, who's like, I'm what amazes me about him not to get too far off topic is that guy seems to just be no, no, go weirder, go weirder. Yeah, go weirder. Yeah. Let's see how much I can push this and still be in the mainstream conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, in, you know, no one, you know, Nas doesn't have to do that. He doesn't want to do that. He's like damn near worth like a billion dollars in crypto or whatever he put his money in. (laughs) So he can do what he wants. And, you know, we just have to kind of sit there and wait. And, you know, I think like from a hater's perspective, if you really want to be uncharitable to Nas, you know, he's got, you know, one hot album every 10 year average, like Mm Jay-Z said in 2001, you got Illmatic. People liked Stillmatic. I I would argue that he did good stuff in between. And then uh, life is... um, Life is good was Life is fantastic good. to me. Yeah, That's I like a that one. Brilliant album because he had something to rap about. He had a divorce. And that's another parallel with the whole Bob Dylan thing. Like one of the I don't, I'm not a fan, but one of the few albums that Bob Dylan did that is interesting in hindsight to me is a guy who doesn't care about folk music and guitars, is Blood on the Tracks, which is basically a breakup mm-hmm. album. If you have something like that to write to center your album and to write about, that can give you a lot of you know creative leeway to to explore different things and now you have magic and it's kind of the opposite of that it's just an album of nas rapping like i don't know where those lyrics came from i don't know when he wrote them you know they're generally about the street and growing older and there's this wisdom to it but it's just him kind of being comfortable and you know i don't think nas in 2022 is gonna be my favorite rapper or anyone yeah. who's like constantly talking about rap. He's not Billy Woods. He's not a lucid. Mm-hmm. He's not rock Marcy. He's not Boldy James. He's not going to surprise us and grab our attention and push things forward. But if he wants to do a good album where he doesn't fuck up too bad and just, you know, raps over like good beats, that's still really good. He's got a yeah. great voice. Mm-hmm. He's not dropping anti-vax bars, which, you yeah. know, that's great too. It's like, yeah. I mean, at this point, there's a little bit of like damage control in play, which is don't make a bad album because like if you just do a decent one, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about the subject matter, uh, I think something that he was doing on King's Disease 1 and 2 was this thing that I dubbed like Mimosa Rap, where I just feel like he was he was really trying to go in that like Jay-Z direction of like, the black owned capitalism and like uber rich success reps that are supposed to be not like they're the tone isn't flexing the tone is sort of that but it's trying to be inspirational and showing you like freedom and some of it lands but a lot of it just kind of makes my eyes roll that that's just my personal opinion 
and uh, and Nas with the production too that he liked to go over a lot, especially on King's Disease too, which I think were some of the best hip boy beats. Were the ones that he really like tried to make the more luxurious sound versus the more gritty. Um, but I think on this one, like you said, he kind of just tried. He kind of just quit doing that. He just like, hey, I'm just gonna give you some, yeah, some street tales. Talk about my place in the game. But I don't think it was dated. I think it, it came off like proper and mature and like like reasonable and um, from his actual current vantage point, which I think is super interesting. He's, he's like literally 50 years old almost. Like I thought he came across pretty well. I think he also didn't touch on topics that I really was not enjoying him touch on, like women empowerment. I don't want to hear that from him for a lot of reasons. So he was doing that a lot on like King's Disease 1, I think. And I'm just like, just leave that alone. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I mean, I I agree with you that he was leaning into that Jay Z pocket, which I also I've not enjoyed Jay Z since Jay Z grew his hair out. That's like, wow, interesting. Jay Z, Jay Z cut your hair. That was like my Twitter campaign for a long time. It's like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like you have bad billionaire hair, same as all the white billionaires that have like terrible haircuts. Like, why are you doing this? And it's like again, like not to get too far off topic into Jay-Z, I keep imagining Jay-Z is a guy who has all the money in the world, but Beyonce won't let him hang out with Makami and make like rap music. He's got to like, no, you've got to go to work and you've got to do this. And he's like, yes, honey. It's like, I would not want to be Jay-Z. He doesn't look like he's having fun in his life. And I think that's a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe that's the key to Magic and Nas. It's like, it does sound like he is having a good time in the studio with Hit Boy. Yeah. And they're making and he's making music that he's happy about and he's not doing this to fill a contract or even to make money, because at this point he's got so much money he doesn't know what to mm-hmm. do with. And it's it's interesting how you can fall into that. Oh, like women's empowerment or like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like yeah. advice rap that doesn't work. And when he just kind of tones it down a little bit on this album, he's still like telling you like don't get caught in violence in the street or like yeah, yeah. Oh, the system is, ba- is bad but he he's not as judgmental and it's not you know you, you never want to hear a rapper tell you like oh have you tried not being poor yeah yeah because like yeah, exactly. you know that like dude you came from poverty you know it's not that simple you've known people that have died and you know that you're the exception to the rule mm-hmm. and when Nas does like he can do flex rap like I love when Nas actually teams up with Rick Ross because it brings yeah, out like something that. out of both of those guys in that like Rick Ross also didn't live a whole lot of stuff that he raps about, but they're both good writers and they both seen Goodfellas like a billion times and no real life examples of the stuff they're talking about. So it ends up making really fun rap music. And Ross is obviously like, he's kind of the opposite of Nas. And when it comes to picking beats, like Rick Ross will find yeah, yeah. the best beat and then just rap over it and do a shtick. And he's like, all right, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Accident Murderers off Life is Good. Fucking yeah. love that track. Yeah, they, they're they they're great together. Um, yeah, it also like, uh, I think with the, you mentioned Jay-Z again, not to go too off topic, but I find that interesting. I'm trying to even articulate why, but I like, I definitely like Jay-Z, the long hair Jay-Z. Cause I think that whenever he did that shit, he started to rap differently and way better because he was getting stale from like, basically since post-retire, like post unretiring till about honestly until 444. Like I didn't, I really was not enjoying his, his raps. He was just like, he was, he sounded like Nas. That's actually like, 
the way not because he was still doing a similar thing like black excellence but from the really capitalist perspective like on magna carta wash the throne which i think were a bunch of blown opportunities to make like really great records instead like wash the throne i still like it but it, it could have been better and magna carta was just not very good in general but the beats were great um but i think i don't know what he did there's something more gritty something a bit more relatable or I don't know. I'm trying to think of how he does it that I just think works a lot more. And I just think he's rapping incredibly better just from a, like, cause he is getting influence from mock. I think that's like those kind of guys. It's pretty clear. And I think it's really cool seeing him. Like it's literally like seeing he's like, he's like a, you, you're in fan of football. I don't know. Are you a fan of football? Uh, no, I'm, I watched some, I watched some basketball, but that's it. Okay. I'm not even I'm trying but, to think of uh, basketball reference. Um, but he's like, I can a, give you, I can give you a wrestling one though, because it ties into magic where I think that Jay-Z could put out an album that I would like again, but he would almost need to do what Nas has done in the past two years, which is to say, when Nas came back on King's Disease, the first one, he was shaky. Mm -hmm. And then King's Disease 2, there were some mistakes, but like people generally liked it better. Yeah. And then this third one, people are like, oh damn, Nas is good. And I don't think it's just you know, people's opinions changing. I think like Nas shook off the ring rust. He got in and if you're going to rap, you have to rap. There's very few people, you know, unless you're Andre 3000, yeah. who's insane, who can just drop one verse and disappear and play the flute. Most people have got to actually write to become good writers. And I mean, even for me, I don't write as much now in terms of blogging, in terms of writing for articles. And it takes me a while to get back into the rhythm of it. Same thing mm -hmm. with beats. If I don't do beats for two weeks, I got to make a couple of beats to get back into it. So for Jay-Z, who's not making albums all the time, he would need to actually dedicate himself to rapping again, go into the studio, make 30 joints, don't put them out, mm -hmm. and just get back on your, well, not a not a pen game for Jay-Z because he doesn't write down, Yeah, but maybe pick up a pen again. That might, you know, try a mm. different approach. But he's not going to do that because he has all of these obligations and you know, whatever Jay-Z does. I mean, I don't know how he lives his life, but I'm sure he's just really, really busy. And that was kind of the, the secret for Nas. Like I'm excited for King's disease three, not because I thought the first two were brilliant, but because, Hey, if you do another one and this is your best one yet with hit boy, maybe the next one will be even better. Like you're going to sharpen your pen and you're going to get better at what you do. And that's really the secret of a lot of hip hop that people do love right now is people are working harder than ever. Back in the day, you could only put a rap album every two or three years. By the time your label turns around, gives you an advance, yeah. you mix it and master it. Now you have like Billy Woods dropping two albums a year, West Side Gun dropping three albums a year, Mock dropping two, Boldy dropping two. And the more you work, the better you get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're talking about ex being excited, uh, for KD three. I also am also similarly, I like KD one. It was all right. KD two was very marginally better. I found it was just a little more bloated this time. Uh, but I noticed he was rapping better. I was noticing the comfort was starting to show. And then I think he's even more comfortable with magic. And I think one thing I'm looking forward to is to see if he does want to expand his like lyrical scope to go kind of tackle those things that he was trying to do a bit more of which on KD one and two, 
maybe he'll just do it a little better. Cause like, I'm trying to think again, why, why do I like what Jay-Z is doing more? I just think of some of those, some of those lines that he has on like 444, where it's just like the way Jay-Z just has that, like he says something and it's just instantly like a quote to live by. He just is a great writer at making memorable lines. I don't remember any memorable, memorable lines from Nas other than like, Oh, he's rapping like with good flow. Like that's all I really got from it. So maybe he can bring some, because I think he was rapping a lot better on this album than any of the others. And then also avoid any of the, the like YKTV tracks, which actually I didn't hate the track, but it just made no sense. I don't know. I don't want to see hear Nas on that shit. Like call me old fashioned, whatever. Um, but and also like, I'm curious to see what, what hit boy does, because I feel like he's the king of making beats that I almost love, but I don't, <laughs> but I, there's something about it. It's like hearing like, I don't know what the, how you call it. It's like hearing like soft rock on like generic radio station. It's like nothing wrong with this. It just feels a bit sterile, even though like, cause I like, I am a Coldplay fan, like not a huge fan, but I can respect the music, but I can acknowledge like, man, this is some cookie cutter shit sometimes. And I just feel like there's all good elements, but there's like something just like lacking bite. Maybe it's too, way too clean. I think that's kind of how I feel, but uh, it's no surprise that when we get to magic, uh, my favorite moment on all of the Nas albums is probably like with Hip Boy was the cure, but the ending, you know how the beat mm. switches and that's how the yeah. album ends. That's where it sounds like it just goes like a really like nice haunting sample and just like a nice, nice driving boom bap beat. And Nas again, just sounded the best he has unsurprisingly on magic. That's more or less what we get. It's more of that sound and he sounds great. I thought it was interesting this week that Complex put out their producer of the year kind of thing. I think it's best producer alive yeah. or whatever. And Alchemist won. And at mm -hmm. the end, he shouts out Hitboy saying that that was his competition, which to me, it was, that was really fun because one, I'm sure Alchemist actually believes that. Yeah. And two, I'm sure his fans, like I, I briefly looked on Twitter and they were like, why the hell is he shouting out Hitboy? Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, they are working in the same lane, but it's that difference you made that you mentioned where it's like Hit Boys takes beats and he makes them cleaner. Mm -hmm. And Alchemist will take that classic sound and make it weirder and a little rougher. Yeah. And I think also, I think Alchemist really respects the work ethic because obviously Alchemist and the idea of just like linking up with different rappers, making something for them. Obviously, Alchemist has had some great success in the past few years. I think Hitboy, like the beats he did for Big Sean's Detroit, which I don't think was a great album because like, I'm not a huge Big, Big Sean fan, but I thought it was pretty decent. But the beats were really good, I thought. I thought the beats were actually quite good. I thought the Nas ones on KD1, because he did a lot in 2020, I remember Hitboy. Those I didn't particularly love. But the ones for Benny, that I have the, 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 the what do you call it? fringe opinion that that's Benny's best album. And oh. I think Benny's rapping the best he had by like a long shot. And uh, the beats, I really like that blue. Like it just sounded like Rockefeller, like 2000s era, but really dope. He linked up with Jansport J too for some couple like co-productions. Co and I thought Hip Boy actually has been making some pretty damn good beats. I just think the people have a problem with Nas's ones because those I think have been a little more hit and miss. It's interesting that you bring up the the burden of proof. It's not that fringe an opinion. Uh, some of the artists that I'm working on, uh, shout out the council. We've had like these big debates about that album because 
they're MCs and they really like it. Yeah. And so I was just, I was leaning back and like, okay, this is interesting to me that we have a difference of opinion on this. I respect their opinion. Let me kind of put myself in the MC's position and think about those beats. And one of the ways I was looking at it is that makes your job really easy to rap over those luxurious soul mm-hmm. beats that Benny had because the beat sounds instantly lush and good. So even if you're not going 100% and you don't, you know, drop your best verse ever, you can kind of fall back on it. And you contrast that to say Tana Talk 3, which I would say that's my favorite Benny yeah. album by a lot. If you don't if you don't like have something to say and you're and every line isn't really interesting, that's going to sound like a bunch of spooky music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like there's that meme on the internet. It's like, it's going to scare the hose. It's like, yeah. it's not, you know, you can't put that on around people that aren't into the culture and expect a good reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think like, just as a, when we talk about rappers getting better, that's kind of just how I feel. I thought plugs I met Benny significantly stepped up his pen game. That's where I was starting to catch quotables. Like before, I feel like Tana Talk Three was. I really liked the record. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I don't really get many quotables. I don't remember many bars. I just remember like the energy, the grit, the hunger. Like that shit was ill, and I like the beats. I like that style of beats. But plugs I met two, uh, not definitely not two. I did not like that one that much. Plugs I met one. I thought the beats were kind of cool. A lot like uh some of them were pretty different the the one with 38 special um i just think he was just on another level and then burden of proof i think he fit that he actually gave some like really good like quote-unquote wisdom on that album a lot i thought I, I really was fucking with what his like messages it was like damn that's like really mature and i don't think he did a lot of that before so i just thought it was interesting i also think that for me it's that's where and I tried not to let this impact my listening too much, but you got to be honest with yourself. Maybe my age there played into me not liking it as much because Burden of Proof to me was Benny trying to do Reasonable Doubt. And yeah, I, I heard Reasonable that. Doubt when I was 15. So I was like, I don't need you to be something I've already heard or someone that's already there. And I totally get why Benny, who has spent a large amount of his life dealing coke, would want to follow the career path of the most successful rapper who's made a career out of doing that. It's a very logical business plan, but I I was just, there was like, you were better when you were doing your stuff, but you know, he's made it very clear that you want to like similarly to Nas, who we said, doesn't always want to give the fans what, what they want, but he has made it really clear that he doesn't want to be an underground rapper doing a DJ DJ mugs collab like album. That's yeah. not what he wants to be. He wants to be on TV. And that's really, to go back to Alchemist and Hit Boy, that's the difference in you know, 2022. Alchemist wants to sell vinyl and merch mm-hmm. and do shows. He's, he said it in his interviews, like that's how he makes his money. It's like limited edition vinyl. You don't need to have a billion people listening to you. You just have to have people that really care about your shit ready to put money down on your product. That's what works for him. There's no limited edition Hit Boy vinyl. He's just trying to get millions of streams. And those are like two perfectly valid career paths at this point. And it's great that there's ways for people to make money in music because there was a while where nobody was making money in music. But if you go in expecting a limited edition vinyl experience from Nas and Hit Boy, 
you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas, you know, if you go and you're listening to a currency album with Alchemist that's going to come out or whatever, it's going to be great if you're expecting that. If you're expecting a huge club banger that everyone's going to go wild for, you're not going to get that. Yeah. And I guess to end on Benny, he wants to have it both ways, which is interesting because I don't know if he can pull that off. But I mean, he managed yeah. to make like 10 of that single with J. Cole is actually really good. I haven't heard so. that yet. I've heard it was I've heard it was good. Yeah, I'm interested to check that out. It, it's I, I'm not a J. Cole fan at all. I'm not like a hater where it's like, oh, he's the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm not particularly interested in what this guy has to say about anything either way it's pleasant it's you mentioned yeah. cold play he's kind of like he he's in that lane where it's that's like, oh, not a bad put comparison on, put him yeah. on in the background but he doesn't ruin this track it's like when he he was on that gangstar single uh um, yeah a couple of years back where he's like oh this is gonna be terrible why'd they get j cole and it's like oh no he respected this enough where this is a totally it's it's not even listen it's just a good rap track you did yeah. your verse you prove that you can like handle a 16 it's definitely not like when Eminem shows up on King's Disease 2 where you're like, okay, this is now a skip. This yeah. is completely... Eminem I mean, is... How... Yeah. Eminem at this point, like he he's like... Uh, which is something that some people have criticized Kendrick Lamar of doing, which I think Kendrick Lamar in those instances that people are mentioning, I think he just rapped really well and like made it work. But just like Kendrick, they always steal the show to the point where like the beat changes the whole song changes the tone and that's really risky to just keep getting that's your pattern and i think kendrick does it and he kind of like i think he usually pulls it off i'm thinking like when he was more active like the mid 2010s but man eminem does that shit and god it's just really really not working and i just i can't i'm i don't know i don't understand like what the normal build artist is thinking they're getting out of eminem and thinking oh this is a good idea like, i mean i don't respect i don't know, like, know any more 10 years ago i i imagine that you're like eh, it's not good but it'll get me like a whole bunch of spins or a whole bunch of sales i have no idea why anyone still has them on i mean i say this as someone who you know 1999 i was a rap fan like eminem was huge yeah for me for a very short period of time but I mean, ever since 2002-ish even, you got to imagine that he's just put holes in his brain through drug use and like the part mm-hmm. of his brain that can still put words together is is there. But the part of his brain that would say like, is this a good idea to say this in this way? is yeah. completely burnt out. And when you're that rich and you have people around you telling you like, oh, it's great, boss. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, you know, no one's going to tell him like, this is whack. And yeah, when needs... you talk, and when you talk about an artist who clearly wants that kind of level, like that kind of acclaim, not like the streets, like he's he's never been that guy. He from the get go was, and he, he it makes sense. He's talented at making, at least then was good at like a good songwriter. Like fuck that shit was so catchy on Marshall Mathers LP, Slim Shady LP. But talk about a guy who really really wants to be on the radio. Like he's the guy who's responsible for the employment of Skylar Gray. Like. Yeah, I mean, arguably the wor- worst hook person I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> I, I only ever hear him when he's on other people's tracks. And, it, you know, I know I know I'm not going to enjoy it or anything, but it's. Uh, it's it's also it's interesting to bring it back to Nas, because if you listen to the absolute first Eminem album, he was trying to be Nas so badly hmm. on Infinite. Or trying to be halfway between Nas and AZ before he figured out what he was doing. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't knock him for that because everyone needs to find their sound. And yeah. 
nowadays you know, people scrub their stuff off the internet or whatever. But yeah, it's all that whole generation of really huge superstars. So Jay, Nas, Eminem to a certain degree, Busta Rhymes to a certain degree. They're in this really interesting position where they have to eventually figure out okay, I'm not selling as much. I'm definitely not going to get like 18 year olds in the mm -hmm. same way that I would have 20 years ago. Where do I fit into all of this? And, you know, everyone's got different answers. And I think it goes from album to album when you're only recording one every five years or whatever. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you, you can tell like certain artists are more concerned about that than others. I think Nas is clearly concerned about his legacy, not in a negative way, but he's been more active after I, for a while, I don't even really remember when he was doing features. I feel like from like 20, from life is good really until 2020, like I don't even really remember him doing a lot of features. Did he even put out a record? Like, nope. Uh, no. he, well, there was the Kanye one in 2018, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And that and was his return. Yeah. And he put out the second Lost Tapes, which really didn't do yeah, very was, much at all. No yeah. one really liked that. That was more of like a throwaway. Um, and now, so, yeah. now he's back. I, you know what? He probably didn't want to rap. He probably just wanted to do his venture yeah. capital stuff. Because what, what is he going to rap about? And I mean, that's where you end up with him dropping like these bars where you're just really wondering why he rapped about that. That's mm -hmm. probably what he was surrounded in. Mm -hmm. And going back to the studio with someone who's like, hey, listen, you've got to reconnect with yourself. That probably did him a lot of good because otherwise there's no reason he would drop three albums in two years, unless it's just because of the pandemic and he's got nothing to do. That could be another very real possibility mm -hmm. where he's like, fuck, I'm not catching COVID. I'm staying in the studio and just recording. Yeah, yeah, that, that is possible. Maybe uh, Hit Boy wears a mask. I feel like... Uh... Nas definitely had some anti-vax bars on Nas here, I think. Yeah, yes, I remember that. Everything, that track, everything. I like that song otherwise. Oh, fuck. Um, it's, it's funny because that was before the pandemic. I, I want someone to ask him about those bars now and see yeah. what he thinks. It's like, yeah. shut up. Don't bring that up. That was a mistake. We're not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. I well, got yeah. a question. I got a question for you, actually. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do a poll, but I don't want to put it out before this episode comes out because I don't want to spoil anyone. What do you think was better, magic? Or AZ's Do or Die 2? I didn't listen to Do or Die's 2 fully. It's, but I heard, it's I an heard interesting album because it's it's definitely not as consistent as Magic, but there's parts to it that almost kind of overlap on that semi-luxury. I mean, obviously, AZ does not have Nas's bank account like in yeah. the slightest, but it's it's I would have expected a Nas album to sound more like Do or Die 2 than I did Magic in the sense that you have the Conway Lil Wayne collab, which is the clear highlight of the record. Yeah. And the rest of it has a lot of R&B hooks and smooth beats, and which works because AZ, that's his pocket. Yeah, that is. But yeah. it's to me, it was interesting that they kind of, they kind of almost switched what I would have expected from each one in this case. And I think if, if Cool G Rap or Cormega or AZ had dropped Magic, most people would have really liked it. Yeah, Maybe even more than they did when when Nas dropped it yeah yeah I think because I think there is a certain yeah like there's a certain just like weight now or like bias that people have developed where they're like have their Nas opinion like they're like oh Nas is bad now or Nas is good now or yeah 
and all of that. I think magic was the one that kind of switched things for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I think, I think AZ is similar to a lot of those artists. I just think generally the artists that came out, like coming out in the nineties was a weird time because if you, you had to make decisions, you're like, wow, I can become like a freaking gajillionaire, like not easily, but if you had the talent and you had the connections, like the world was your oyster. The money was crazy for a while, like obviously before streaming and stuff. So it's, it's interesting. People had to make such huge business decisions where right now it's a lot easier. Like the, the ceiling's a lot lower unless you're like the megastar, but it's a lot easier to at least stay more true to what you want. There's less like big giant, like I'm actually thinking, I don't know of many artists that have came out since 2012, 2013 that have had these major detours and like identities other than if it's the mm-hmm. kind of artist that does that. Like Tyler, I don't think is a good example because that just seems very authentically like his life. Yeah, has, no. And he's like a Kanye vibe. Like he's super like always had these different inspirations. This, you saw this coming, but yeah. Earl is one maybe, but Earl was so young. Like that always felt like a phase. I felt odd future to him. Earl's, yeah. Earl's particular, because I mean, I don't know him. I, I think that, he he was someone when he came back from that whole Samoa experience. And again, we're getting off topic. He was probably super horrified by what the public perception of his and like fuck Earl's mom and all these things. His mom's a university professor. His dad's a poet. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember what I did when I was like 14, 15, 16, if I was defined by what I did back then, like, years later god that would be so horrible and that almost gets back to illmatic because i remember last year it was someone was asking about what are you doing for the 25th anniversary of illmatic and nas kind of lost his shit he was like nothing it's done i've like i've reissued it everything that's from those sessions has been put out i did it with an orchestra there is nothing left for me to do with this thing that i did when i was 19 that -hmm. you won't let me move past and, you know, I, at that point, I almost felt a little bad for Nas because it's true. People won't let him move past. He talks who about he was that on, was, uh, on yeah. special. And I think that yeah. like that's the time where I when I mentioned earlier that when he does talk about like his place in the game and things, I think it just came off a lot more like real or authentic. Where I was like, yeah, yeah it's like the, he said it well. He's like, these people found this shit really special and they can't get past it. It's like it's true. They can't let go of that Nas. And other artists have said that in different ways i think the way he said it was nice i think it was well articulated and i mean you were talking about becoming a like a billion a millionaire back then definitely not a billionaire but Mm -hmm. making a ton of money off music and having to make these decisions there was so little information around to guide these artists i mean when you like nowadays you go on the internet and you can like google stuff and you can figure out how to make a career out of music yeah you can figure out what's popping pretty quickly like, if you if you look up how nas got signed like the a and r faith newman was trying to find him and driving around queensbridge and asking people hey where can i find this guy nas there was no he didn't have a phone number he didn't have a pager i think mm-hmm. so to go from that situation to suddenly you know you make your money but people hate you but you're and you're having beef with Pac. You have all these situations going on. I mean, I can imagine Nas after like Biggie and Pac were shot being genuinely concerned for his life yeah, and not wanting to be, you know, in that sort of situation and removing himself from it. And people are like, no, 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 go back to this 
you know, this project mind state that's like, no, I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm going to get shot. You know, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people that aren't super cool with me or, you know, he's got his whole, he's gone through it so many times, yeah. you know, beefs with different people in Queensbridge and all that. So I'm not surprised he took that career path. And now that he's a little older, he can look on it with maybe a little bit more fondness, maybe a little bit more nostalgia, maybe a little, I mean, it's good when he's like, when Nas gives you financial advice, it's really annoying. When Nas gives advice to, you know, someone who could maybe make it as a rapper, but who's in the streets, it tends to be a lot more credible and yeah. a lot more interesting from the listener's perspective. Yeah, I fully agree with that. All right, man. I think it's been a fantastic conversation. Last thoughts on Nas Magic. You liked it. It's your favorite Nas hit boy so far. Yeah, it is. I, uh, I'm glad that I'm actually glad that we had this conversation not immediately when it dropped because like it's like you said the discourse around Nas almost feels separate from the music like there was that two-week period where people were just all talking about it yeah and you know I didn't think that that was a great way to really you know get an understanding of the music so having even if it's just a month a little distance from it mm -hmm. uh was really cool I do like it uh I kind of revised my year-end uh list that I put out and I think it was like it, it was around like in my in my top 50 it was like in in the 40s or something low mm -hmm. 40s and that's good for nas it's like i said i'm not expecting him to drop an album that's going to change my life at this point uh i'm expecting him to you know hopefully not embarrass himself put out like like good music with maybe a few standouts yeah and like he succeeded on this one and you know i want to like nas it's not like i'm going in into listening to a nas album ready to hate him anymore mm -hmm. and i mean that's pretty good and you know we'll see what king's disease three uh i would like to see him go beyond hit boy at some point just to see what if he can keep that you know flow going with someone else mm -hmm. but i guess we'll see yeah yeah i feel similarly good good record probably the best out of the king's disease series and hit boy collaborations and i would say yeah it's probably the best he's sounded since life is good and you could argue even like maybe he sounds even more vintage in terms of a rapper but i don't think it's life is good material in general but yeah i'm happy for it happy for nas to feel continue to feel more comfortable and i am yeah i'm looking forward to king's disease 3 as well um all right before we wrap up i want to just give you a chance to shout out any future projects you have coming up or future things you got going on yeah, I've got a couple of things out right now and a couple of things coming up. Uh, you can find me at uh, Linktree Sun Ra or go to Bandcamp, son-raw.bandcamp.com. I've got two relatively recent projects on there. One of them is called Fantasy Rap Ball, and it's a remix album of classic verses over some of my new beats. If uh, some of the listeners are into some into Nas and into like more 90s stuff, uh, I'd recommend that one. Otherwise, I have Sun Ra versus Psychotic Hippies also on Bandcamp. That's more of a psychedelic beat tape, maybe more if people are into uh, Mad Lib or Ono or uh, Paul White, some, some stuff like that. Definitely recommended if you like your beats with just some weirdo stuff on them. And otherwise, find me on Twitter at Sun Ra. I'm annoying people on there 24-7. <laughs> At least until like like recently, like the algorithms just been like sending me like bullshit. So I might like just delete the whole thing, but <laughs> follow me until then. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. This is great. Peace cool. out. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levy, Mahima, Jeff, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.